Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Health Hour on CliffCentral.com. Well, it's a very good morning to you. Uh, my name is Dr. Cindy Siwe Fansale. And this morning, um, we'll be chatting to Dr. Eve about a new product um, for women that has come onto the market. And this product is called Ever Miles. And it's basically a product that enhances um, intimacy, sexual intimacy. So I'm very honored to have um, Dr. Eve with me this morning on the Health Hour. Good morning, Dr. Eve. Hi, Dr. Cindy. Nice to be with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. It's such an honor to chat to you because, I mean, I've only ever read about you. I've seen you on TV. I've heard you on radio. So it's such an honor for me to have you on, on the Health Hour. Thank you so much. It's always nice for me to be chatting to, to, I think you're a colleague, right? Yes, yes, I am a medical doctor, but I specialize primarily in HIV. And, yes. um, yeah, and then, and then obviously if I have this health hour and we had discussed a whole range of, of topics. And this is how, you know, your topic has come up. But I think before we dive into what, what Evermouth is all about, just a bit of background on who you are and how you ended up working in, in, um, the field of, 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 of sexual health and intimacy and all of that stuff. Well, that's, I'm going to do real quick. Because <laughs> <time>. <laughs> yeah. Um, I started out as a family therapist. I did a master's in family therapy. And as I was working with families, it became obvious to me that children who were brought to me because they were symptomatic were as a direct result of parents who were in, in fact having difficulties. So I changed my practice, got rid of the children and only focused on the couples and started to do couple therapy. Okay. And okay. in that process, the couples started to talk to me about sexuality. Now, just to date me and age me to my truth, that was pre-94. Okay. And okay. that was at the time when there wasn't. And unfortunately, as I'm sure you're aware, there still isn't any training in sexuality or sexual health in this country. Mm -hmm. So I then had to really catch up and learn how, uh, what sexuality and sexual therapy was all about. So that was about 25 years ago when I started then training overseas. And the first thing I did was became accredited as a couple and sex therapist through an organization called ASECT. And then did my doctorate in San Francisco at the Institute of Advanced Study in Human Sexuality. Um, and I just, you know, timing has really been good for me because I was um, at the start of 98. I was uh, at the beginning of the Viagra era. Mm -hmm. And at that time, as you well know, there wasn't any research into sexuality. Masters and Johnson were really the last ones who'd done anything. And suddenly, pharma, you know, pharmaceutical companies were very aware of how much money there was to be made out of sexuality. And so they put an enormous amount of resources into research, into male sexuality and then into female sexuality thinking that they may find this drug for women as well. So I got trained in sexual medicine at that time. Okay. And, okay. Yeah, and things have you know changed since then because what happened in our country, as you, you of all people will be aware of, is that uh, with the change of government into democracy, uh, HIV AIDS became something that we were then able to look at. Mm -hmm. And so there was a need for people to learn and become informed around sexuality. And there I was, newly qualified 20, 25 years ago, and I could begin this conversation, which is why I think the media have been really kind to me because there was an imperative 
to have to talk about sexuality. And yeah, I was the kind of the go-to person, which is you know, so wonderful that, that I am. And you still are, Dr. Eve. I mean, we all know who you are. Oh, I, I think for me, yeah, I mean, working with the field of HIV, a lot of topics are still very difficult to broach. I, I must tell you, especially when you speak about teens and having sex and so on. There's just some topics that people don't really want to go talk about. Men who have sex with men, that kind of stuff within the field of HIV. And yes. within the field of sex, what topics do you feel are still difficult to, you know, for people to broach? What What do you find people still think, oh, I'm not really going to talk about that? There's kind of a paradox that exists because South Africa and well, so I'm talking about South Africa specifically, we kind of went overnight from having a total censorship on sexua- sexuality mm-hmm. to complete freedom. So suddenly there was pornography on every street corner and you could you could have whatever you want. You could have any discussion that you wanted. And we went into this place, but we didn't have a foundation of sexual values and how to critically think about it. And I think that that's where the gap comes, where we are inundated in, on every media with yeah. sexuality, but there's still a huge gap in our learning around basics. I mean, I just find basic things around anatomy and physiology. It's just unknown to people. So there's still people who have an enormous amount of confusion around anatomy of women, that the clitoris actually exists and how orgasms should still be happening. I mean, that kind of conversation is still much needed in our countries. And it's still quite heartbreaking for me that teens are not, that's not filtering through to the, to the teens in their life skills programs in school. So the basic information is still not, is still not there. Yeah. The difficulty today, um, as we've expanded in 25 years, is really talking about uh, issues that the whole world is talking about, you mentioned teens. Well, teenage sexuality is always going to be very critical and very difficult to talk about. Children's sexuality is difficult mm. to talk about. And that's before we even get to marginalized groups, as you mentioned, one MSM. Mm. But, you know, there is a, a huge amount of positivity, which I which I feel very excited about, which, for example, Caitlin Jenner brought. Um, yeah. No matter what we think about her, well, I think her reality TV show is actually fabulous. But it, it's issues like transgenderism is really out in the open. Um, I know that for me, my, my entire discussion is, is changing enormously where I'm moving people into a more sophisticated way of thinking, um, around relationships and yeah. around sexual orientations and gender because mm-hmm. we've moved into that place where we have diversity now mm-hmm. and we're not looking at binary models of being either male and female or either married or unmarried or divorced or single. Mm-hmm. So that's what's exciting me. And of course, my work on cyber infertility has created the shift because the online world has brought that. Yeah, there's a lot of information I'm giving you, Cindy. No, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this because, you know, you're helping me as well understand what's, what's shifting even in the HIV world. Because, you know, as you can imagine, if I give talks at churches, I need to speak about teens having sex. And you can imagine in the church, they're saying no sex before marriage. And I'm saying to them, well, you know what? Some people are doing it. Yes, you're saying don't do it, but they are kids that are doing it and we need to cater for them, you know. Yeah. And it's always a difficult thing. Well, I'm very proud of you that you're doing it in religious environments as well because it's such an incredible opportunity that's wasted mm. um, on uh, on what what isn't isn't allowed. But that's has such power to be able to bring about shifts. Just so that your listeners know, I'm very excited that about two weeks ago my ebook was just launched. My book, which I wrote in 2007, so it needs a, ma- a massive update, which we'll be looking at next year. Yeah, uh, to Eve's sex book. It is available on Kindle and Amazon. And it's a real good, almost textbook guide for parents and for young people. It's in lots of schools and universities. 
And it is really a hands-on approach for youth, for young people to be looking at things, not only from HIV to, you know, to kind of the, the, the negatives of sexuality, the HIV, the unintended pregnancies, contraception. Mm. But I talk a lot about love and when do I know where I'm ready for my first time and relationships and teenage violence and teen dating, mm. things that people want to know about. So that's a great resource for, for you and for people to be using. That's fantastic. I'll <laughs> definitely look it up. And so moving, so moving on to um, this product that has come out, um, the Evermiles, the, the sexual stimulant for women. Um, just in terms of, of why the product um, has, you know, who, who, who is behind the development of this product? And yeah, what's the reason that we have a product like this? Because I must say, I see a lot of things for men out there. You know, whenever I go into Pick and Pay or to Discam, there's so much for men. But this is actually something interesting. This is something for women, for a change. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So Glenmark Pharmaceutical Company, they are the ones who have um, brought this product to market in South Africa. It is available in the UK, in India, and in other parts of Africa as well, and has been doing incredibly well. It's very, very controversial to have a sexual health product on the market, whether it's for males or for females. Um, and what this, I want to be just real clear to the listeners as well, this is a cosmetic. It is not a drug. In other words, you don't have to get a prescription for it. Okay, so, so it's, it's over like, the counter. Exactly, it's over okay. the counter, and it's also something that your 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 physician, your doctor, can write up as a script for you, and that you can give to the chemist. It's very a very budget friendly. It's 199 rand in all pharmacies. It's available in my store as well, but it's really budget friendly because it, we want to be able to reach everyday women. So why I say it's controversial is because a drug that comes onto market, a scheduled drug and you know this, has to be put through many clinical trials to see if it's safe and effective. The wonderful thing about about Evermiles is that it has got clinical trials behind it. I would not have got behind this product, this cosmetic product, this gel for women, if it didn't have any kind of clinical research behind it. Okay. So we've got great clinical research behind it, which shows, which proves that it is effective and it is safe as well. Um, so why is it a controversial thing? Because women are desperate to have some kind of product that is going to enhance their sexual pleasure. This isn't only about working with dysfunction. I mean, you know, because because you're a medical doctor, that uh, much much of the focus is on pathology. You know, yeah. what's sexually dysfunctional about you? What's sexually wrong with you? Mm. This product talks to to two factors in women's lives. It talks to enhancing pleasure and also moving away from discomfort and things that are feeling bothersome to women. So it's not that women who've got a dysfunction as a pathology and saying, I am sexually dysfunctional, because every woman at some point in their lives will say, I have some kind of sexual discomfort, dis-ease, displeasure, lack of arousal, lack of lubrication, discomfort with penetration. Dr. Eve, it's even, it's even worse after you've had kids. It's like, oh gosh, go. everything right. changes. Everything changes. And suddenly from being a woman who's probably lubricated and has a comfortability with penetration, you find that maybe your lubrication isn't so significant and also that there is a discomfort with penetration. And one of the, I mean, you talked earlier on about what's uncomfortable. One of the things that are really uncomfortable for women to talk about is the discomfort or pain with penetration. Mm-hmm. Now, let's consider that 33% of women suffer with painful penetration. And yet, there are study after study that will show that these women keep silent. So oftentimes I will say to men, do you know if your woman is actually suffering with some kind of pain during penetration? And she'll say, he'll say, I don't know. And that's because women, and studies show this, keep silent. 
So we the do. danger of that, and you understand working in HIV, the danger of that, it increases the risk factor for HIV. Transmission, exactly. being used, right? Yeah. Because she's going to tear internally. And he's not going to know because she's not lubricating sufficiently and she has all this kind of pain. So whatever Miles does is that it brings extra lubrication to the woman. It's applied to the external genitals of the woman, the female external genitalia. It is there for clitoral stimulation. So finally we have a product that says to women, feel your clitoris. Look Uh, at it. Get a mirror. Take a peek down there. Exactly. So it's not going into the vagina. It's not for vaginal intercourse. Okay, so it's external use only. Right. It's for clitoral stimulation. It's external use. And what it does, it it gives this a a wonderful engorgement, a swelling of the clitoral of the clitoral region, which is where you know that the erectile tissues lie. Yeah. It also enhances lubrication. So you've got the, the lubrication which is enhanced, you've got the engorgement, which is your arousal happening. And therefore, penetration is going to be way more comfortable for women. And you're going to not have to worry about lubrication as well. And we know that the way that women desire to be sexual is when they first feel aroused. So here you've got the tingling genitals because Mm -hmm. you've applied it about 10 minutes before you're actually sexual. You've got the tingling genitals. And then you say to yourself, oh, okay, you know, my genitals are feeling kind of happy. They're smiling. They're tingling. Mm -hmm. Where is somebody to be sexual with? I want to be masturbating. Where's my sex toy? So it is leading to an increase in sexual desire. Okay. And so in terms of the of the texture of the product, is it is it um, gooey? Is it you know? No. Does it slide? What is it like? That's a great question. It's a gel. It comes in a tube, and it is really non-sticky. It is not going to mess your sheets, and it is definitely comfortable. Uh, it's comfortable. So we're sitting actually on the eve because tomorrow I'm flying to Joburg just now because tomorrow I'm going to be announcing survey results that I did. Okay. I've been the product. We started with the product in this country three months ago, and immediately I said we have to build research into this, and so I conducted a survey. I've got 61 women in my sample, ranging from 18 all the way up. So it's premenopausal, perimenopausal, and postmenopausal women. And please watch this space because we'd love to do another interview with you around the results of the survey. I don't want to reveal anything now. Oh, yes. Okay. To the team tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. And so can you all use it with a sex toy? Absolutely. It is. You can use it with a sex toy. You also can use it with a lubricant. So if you want to be having extra lubrication, you can. I mean, if you want to use a lube, you can. Because oftentimes it's nice to use a lube on, on a guy and then to use it on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you also can use it with a moisturizer. So a moisturizer is inserted directly into the vagina. Moisturizers for women who have vaginismus or are treatment for cancer, who have had radiation. And for postmenopausal women who really do have dry vaginas. So you can use it with the moisturizer and lubricant and just on its own. Oh, and fantastic. So it really is a, a, a quite a diverse um, product. Yeah. And just, and so just, okay, going back to the physiology of sex, I think it's just, you know, as I said, I'm just happy to have you online. So this is my opportunity as well to ask as many questions as I can. So I think let's just talk about the physiology of orgasm, Dr. Eve, because I know that a lot of people don't get it. And I think this is a fantastic time to discuss all these things. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. Uh, it always breaks my heart when people pay a lot of money to consult with me and she will be there or on her own or if she's there with a partner, could be male, uh, usually a male partner, I have to say yeah. that, two women partners, and she will be enormously distressed by saying, I've never been able to have an orgasm and it's created enormous tension and conflict in the relationship. Um, and the reason that would be would because they're still under the misnomer, the misbelief that 
orgasms are going to happen into the vagina. And mm. because there aren't enough nerve endings, there isn't enough stimulation, there isn't enough the physiological time for a woman to become aroused, it is really very difficult for women to have vaginal orgasms. Of course, women do. We know that there are women that do. But we know that the clitoris is there for its purpose only to be able to be to help women, well, say for orgasms, for pleasure. So we know that there needs to be clitoral stimulation, which is why I, I'm so excited about Evermiles, because it encourages women, as I said, to know that there isn't a clitoris, and for women, for men also, to be able to engage with the clitoris of a woman. Mm, so that's mm. how women become orgasmic, this is clitoral stimulation, whether alone, whether with a partner, whether with a sex toy, which is why I guess you know, 70% of women in our country use sex toys, because they're seeking that clitoral, stim- uh, that clitoral orgasm that they are afraid to have that difficult conversation with the partner to say, actually, it's on top and it's not inside. <laughs> but most people don't even say, Dr. Eve. I mean, like, look, I, I mean, I buy sex toys. I'm very comfortable with them, and so is my husband. But I know a lot of people aren't. They really don't want to go there. They, they don't want to speak about it, nothing. Well, I would recommend that people go onto my store, Dr. Eve Shop, and have a look at how beautiful sex toys are. Um, they are trending items. They're fashion items today. It's something which is incredibly acceptable as an enhancer to your sexual pleasure because that's always one of the resistances is that men particularly will say, I'm uncomfortable with this. I think I'm being replaced. Oh, wow. That's the thing, that whole myth that a sex toy is a penis replacement. Where does that come from, like really now? Yeah, well, that's good that you can break the myth of that. But I think that if there is a couple that is struggling with their sexuality – uh, and if there is a man who believes that his penis is not big enough, whatever that may be, or functional enough, and his woman is going to bring out a sex toy, that can be incredibly threatening for him. I, mm. I do understand that. So it has to be a conversation where um, people do it with, with real elegance and with sensitivity. Mm, I hear you. And, um, and uh, so, and then just moving, just moving on from there, um, in terms of the women that are able to achieve orgasm, you know, just from penetration alone, who are these women and what's the percentage? Because I think that's what people need to understand as well, that very few women are able to achieve, achieve orgasm from penetration alone. We need to accept that. Well, I would love that because it takes the pressure of men. Mm. Right? I mean, because men have this, this belief, if we look at how sexuality is usually conducted, um, men have this belief that they have to last longer and they have to go stronger and that's why we were talking about products earlier on. Mm. There, there are so many products for men that get them to last longer and to grow bigger and to go all night. And I think, you know, why? This is so boring for a woman and it can be so painful for her. Why is it that the whole market is geared towards the penis? So if we really educate men and women to the fact that there needs to be clitoral attention for a period of time, it would take pressure of men to have to always have this hard Erection 24-7. Yeah. And pornography as well, Dr. Eve. I think pornography also adds on to these myths around, you know, men and stamina and going all night. You know, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, pornography will do it. Um, and one of the things that we know, well, people maybe don't know about pornography, but there is a lot of enhancement that's needed for men to be able to go the distance. And also men are chosen for that work because they have extra large penises. And women are chosen for that work or choose to do that work because they have bodies that look a certain way or they get them modified to look a certain way. And we've got to bear in mind that that's recreational and it is not real world. Just mm. like watching a movie 
is not real world. We don't all look like these beautiful people and have bodies like these beautiful people. Mm. So we've got to put it into perspective. No, and it's important to say that. I think it's important for people to know that that you know that's just that's that's just the movies, as you say. That's not reality for everybody. The other thing that's um, a topic that's close to my heart is um, sex after having a baby, postpartum sex. You know, I get a lot of questions from women who've delivered. Where do we start? I don't feel like doing it anymore. Yeah. yeah what What do you advise around that? Yeah, you know, I've just um, come back from New York where I was doing my book tour. And I have a very good friend who is a sexual medicine physician. And she was, we were talking about this very topic about how difficult it is to, um, to be sexual after a baby. And she's going to start doing some research and write on it because she's a gynecologist around how pregnancy changes the biology of women. And it isn't just all in the head. And it is a whole lot about body changes and fatigue, but it's not really about hormones. We know that, but she was saying that there's biological changes. The entire internal structures of women change. The organs mm. change, shift. And I'm so excited to for her to get, I'm encouraging her, you've got to do this work because we need it's to important. know it because women feel almost shameful, right, about feeling that they don't want to be sexual and something feels different for them and everything feels different. Mm. Um, it's a critical time in a couple's life after they've had a baby. Or I shouldn't say a couple because not couples, not every couple are having babies, single women are having babies as well, uh, and gay men are having babies, and it even changes their sexuality mm. when they bring a child into their lives. It just completely upsets the equilibrium of a relationship, upsets the equilibrium of a woman's body on many, many levels, her shape, her size, her fatigue, her lifestyle. So it's a big challenge to be able to do that, to be sexual. So you know, I don't want to be this typical expert that says, okay, get into the shower and have a sex date once a week. And make sure that you use the and, and and have fun because it's not real. It's not going to happen. It's not so real. So what I do is I throw them into my women's groups. I run groups for women based yeah. on my hello book, and I get women to get comfortable with their sexuality, with their new bodies, and to look and explore what really are my arousal cues. What really are the things that bother me? What are the things that I want? How do I define sexuality? Mm. What do I mm. want to be doing? Maybe I just want to be focusing on sensuality. Maybe I want to be a little celibate right now, but really do fabulous things um, romantically. There's yeah. many choices. Uh, one of the things that I, I work a lot with is technology because of my work in cyber infidelity and technology. And I think that couples need to be learning how to make love online. And when mm. they get home, it's like, okay, we're done. We've had our sex for the day. We've done lovely sexting, chatting, cyber flirting, and we're tired. Now we attend to domesticity. Because it's that expectation of coming home and having to have this thing called sex and this long 20 minutes of stimulating her clitoris and he's exhausted and she's tired. We've got to adapt to reality. Yeah, and I mean, look, look in the context of children, Dr. Eve, I mean, I have no privacy at the moment. I was telling someone the other day that uh-huh. my kids follow me everywhere. I can't remember the last time I was in the loo on my own with someone banging on the door, you know. And all of that, just it just kills the mood. You, you don't even want to be sexual in a scenario like that. Yeah, so it starts out with boundaries at a very young age, yeah. claiming because, as you say, there will be such an invasion um, unless you, as a mother, actually put down a boundary and teach your children around privacy, mm-hmm. uh, which is such an important factor because they're gonna they're gonna close their bedroom doors as they get into teenage years, and you're gonna feel excluded, and they're gonna claim their privacy to masturbate and to start chatting and to be online and to getting their partners to come around or their hookups to come around. So why do we as parents feel so guilty about being sexual? When our children don't ever feel guilty about being sexual when they started, you know, it's about creating boundaries. 
from get-go. So I, I really hope that, that people can, can do that. Going to the toilet, putting in a tampon, I mean, it's just something you should be able to do without anyone hanging around you. And that also makes you feel resentful when your partner reaches out and says, mm-hmm. let's have some time. You just don't want to. Yeah, because you're, you're thinking, but haven't you seen what's been happening? Haven't, haven't you been watching what's been going on? No, it's true what you say. In terms of speaking to kids about sex, Dr. Eve, what is a good age to start talking about sex to, to, to young kids, in your so, opinion? Yeah, it's such a fascinating thing for me that this is at the top of people's minds that no matter which forum I'm talking, no matter which country I'm in, um, I can be talking to sexual health physicians or I can be talking to a group of men in a men's group women obviously there always will come somebody who says when can I start talking to my children about sexuality and it's kind of a paradox because they're sitting there uncomfortably in their own sexuality and yet they're so anxious about their children's sexuality so the first task is always to get comfortable with your own sexuality as you said earlier get your morale learn to see what you look like learn yeah. to understand your own body masturbate be comfortable with your own forms of relationship that you're engaging in in terms of, of, of that's your modeling that you've got to do for your children. But when it comes to, to teaching children, forget it. There's no birds and bees conversation that happens. Sexual education is about teaching children self-esteem, bringing your children up with enormous self-esteem and positive body image so that they feel comfortable in themselves. Mm-hmm. And then it is about weaving in conversation around sexual, sexual values from the minute that they're born. There are values that are taught to children. They watch how you behave towards each other. Yeah. If you're in a relationship with somebody, they watch how you hook up, how you interact online. They watch and feel how you touch them, how you talk to them, how you engage with them with positivity, with negativity. They watch how you bathe them, how you react when they start touching their genitals. Wow. That's where sexuality begins for children. So it's basically monkey see, monkey do. It's about values. It's about your values that you impart to them so that they have your voices in their head when they've got to make critical decisions. It's about teaching your children how to have a certain amount of trust in themselves, whether it's about crossing the road to go and buy bread or whether it's about responding to a a person who is flirting with them online or offline. They want to be able to make critical decisions in the moment, and we as parents have to do that. So it's not so much about the birds and the bees that is woven in, in an age-appropriate manner throughout their lives mm-hmm. or about how to think about sexuality, how to behave around it offline and online. No, oh, that's really food for thought, Dr. But please do stay on the line. We'll be back after this. So do you need a holiday? Would you like to win an all-expenses-paid trip to Thailand for you and someone special? Well, Cliff Central wants to make your holiday dreams come true. You could win an exotic holiday for two to Thailand simply by downloading the Cliff Central app and posting the hashtag, hashtag Cliff Central app on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. The Cliff Central app makes it easier than ever to listen to Cliff Central, and it's free. Even more reason to put yourself in the running. Entries close on the 6th of November, so go to the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and download the Cliff Central app now. Details on cliffcentral.com. We made listening to us easier, and now we can make winning easier on cliffcentral.com. At Sibanya Gold, we believe leaders are made, not born. We also believe we can create a sustainable legacy by helping to develop tomorrow's leaders today. Which is why we have partnered with the Leadership Platform to nurture leaders who are committed to growing our country's economy. We are proud to say it's an initiative that's already showing glittering results. 
Sibanya Gold. We are one. Health Hour on cliffcentral.com. Well, we're back with Dr. Eve and we're chatting about, um, well, sex, intimacy, and also a product called Evermiles, which is launching in South Africa tomorrow. And this is a product that's for sexual enhancement for women. And Dr. Eve is the, um, she's the ambassador and she's endorsed this product. And it sounds like a fantastic product to, to, um, you know, help women have, you know, better sex. Dr. Eve, so during the break, I was just thinking about, um, um, this product again. And in terms of the price, I know it's 199 Rand. Yes. How long does, how long would it last? You know, how many times, okay, say I was going to have, you know, a a round of sex with my partner. How many times would I need to use it during that, that, yeah, during sex? Okay, so the best application for it is 10 minutes before because the longer it sits in its blood, it gets absorbed into the blood. Okay. Uh, The longer it's absorbed into the blood, the more effective it is. So we recommend in about 10 minutes. Free sexual play. So put it on as you begin fooling around and you will begin to feel the impact of it very soon and it lasts quite a long time. The longer it sits in the system, as I say, the, the more effective it is. So it's, so you can use the one, the one pack at the moment, the way it's packed right now will last you for about a month. Okay. But then again, I mean, you may choose to be, you know, you may choose to have 10 rounds a day, then you're going to not. <laughs> so I mean, how can we say how long it's going to last? You have to try it out. Fact, I'm, I've got a sample. I'm very lucky that these said they sent me a sample, so I will be trying it out. Well, you know what the bad news is, girlfriend, is that you're going to have to fill in a survey. Everybody who we give free samples really? has to fill in a survey. Yeah, you have to be part of research. I'm sure you appreciate that. No, I do. I anonymous, do. It's anonymous, and we really are encouraging people to, um, to participate in our survey as well, which is on my website, on my Facebook. It's everywhere that you can find okay, it. Okay, I'll definitely do that. Search into it, yeah. Okay. And speaking about, um, I'd like to speak about another topic that comes up, you know, especially in my practice, um, sex yes. and, and the elderly, you know, um, people, huh? pe- people tend to think, Oh no, what do you mean? You know, 60 year olds are having sex. They are, right? Listen, I mean, and listen, I am, I, I am like in that age group. So even hearing, I'm about to reach that age group, even hearing the word elderly makes me quiver. Okay. So what uh, are we meant to say? Aging or okay. elder people, okay. Okay. Elder people or aging. Um, no, but it, it is a, um, incredible myth that older people are not sexual. It's, it's absolutely nonsense. There is research, and I'm sure that you find as well as you are looking at new studies that come out all the time. Mm. The age group of the cohorts have go up to like 90s even. And mm. the reason for this is that we, there's a recognition that as people are getting older and they stay healthy for longer, that there is possibility that they're being sexual. Yes. So what the research is showing is that not only are they being sexual, they are more sexual than younger people. Mm. Um, just like I was reading a piece of research this weekend, which was showing that this age group, yeah, it was about sexual frequency. It was a fantastic article that came out around sexual frequency. How frequently do you have sex? It was in The Guardian. Wasn't, it was a study that was done, and um, it showed that from age of like 70 upwards, they were more sexually active per week than people who were younger, who were much younger, like in their 20 to 30-year-olds. Wow. So do not ever discount, and, and I say this to healthcare providers that I teach at med school, do not discount the fact that older people are sexual and have a right to sexual education. 
and have a right to be enjoying the pleasure, which is why Evermiles is for women who have all ages, postmenopausal women as well. Mm. Uh, definitely need the extra comfort if they're not on hormones and the extra lubrication if they're not on hormones. Yeah. And, and even if, I mean, even if they are on hormones, I know that some of the women, I mean, some of the women that I've seen, even if they're on hormones, they still experience vaginal dryness. Yeah. So it needs extra attention to the vagina. The reason why there's vaginal dryness is because of the uh, the endothelium, as you know, getting incredibly thinned out because of the lack of hormones. So I always recommend that we add in some extra um, topical hormone into the vagina to be able to keep it moist for women so that they don't burn when they pee or they don't have vaginal atrophy as well. Mm. So and, and I suppose you could mix you could mix um, the Evermouths with the, the topical cream. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You definitely, it's, it's because it's a cosmetic, it can be mixed with hormones as well as lube or as moisturizer as well. It's very effective and very safe. So people who are older and are listening, or if you are young, and because this is what Cliff Central is about, uh, you have a mom or you have a gran, yeah. just look at them and say, oh, you know what, I've got this great, great product in the market, or just slip it into their Christmas bag for them. It's such a nice, affordable and fun thing to be able to give to to your mother, to your grandmother for Christmas present. Yeah. And the other thing, Dr. Eve, I mean, I get a lot of clients that complain that, um, you know, once they're on antidepressants, they yeah. see a sharp dip in libido and so on. I mean, look, we, when we give antidepressants, we counsel around that even before that. Listen, you might see this, you might see that. But how do you counter that? What What would you recommend? You know, whether it's, it's, it's dropped by antidepressants, some people ex- experience changes with the contraception, you know, contraceptive pill, you know, may yeah. affect your libido. How do yeah. you counter that? If you're aware of it, you know what's happening, how would you work around that? Yeah, it's one of the conundrums that face clinicians all over the world is how do we counter the impact of SSRIs. Uh, it's also one of the leading reasons why many women go off and even men go off their SSRIs because they're not just sexual side effects. And we don't want them to do that because if you need to be on that, if they work incredibly well, they're very effective, as you well know. Yeah. So yeah. it's going, if it becomes very bothersome to you and it interferes with your, your satisfaction and your happiness and your relationship, please go and talk to your, your psychiatrist about looking at options because there are some SSRIs which are dopamine agonists and those will be uh, less noxious for some people on their sexuality because of the different parts of the brain that it's stimulating. Uh, so you can play around with medication. But, you know, because I'm not a, a medical doctor, I have a toy shop. And okay. I know that if one uses a sex toy, if you're going to put a wonderful magic wand on your clitoral region, you're going to feel like you want to have sex. You're going to be reminded of the fact what orgasms feel like. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost in, in an artificial way getting women to feel sexual again. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's ethical and I think it's fabulous just to use a sex toy, even though your head is saying, because this is what happens to the brain as well, there is a loss in interest in being sexual. Yeah. So you're saying to the brain, I'm, I know you're not interested in being sexual. But let's but try. Let's, let's, just, let's just give you the orgasm. Let's just give your body, let's get your genitals something to be aroused about. And you may even have a good time once you actually feel the tingling, which is what whatever Mars will add to it as well, which is fab. That is fantastic. And speaking of sex toys, um, Dr. Eve, I think, um, you know, I spent a lot of time explaining to my friends the difference between a clitoral vibrator and a dildo and just, just the, all the things that people think about sex toys. Um, what are your thoughts on sex toys? Do you have a favorite one? You know, what are the different ones available? People need to know the difference between these things. Yeah. 
Um, the most popular sex toy and the one that is the most go-to and it feels the safest is always a lubricant. Yeah. So yeah. I like people to try lubricants and there's such a variety. I know in my store I really shop around for a variety. So I will never have anything with menthol, for example, because that's burning and I, I don't want to harm anyone's genitals. We don't have anything with perfume either, which could make people have some kind of reaction. So you started with a very simple lube, which you can get in a bottle for 65 grand, for example, um, and it's water-based. Okay. Uh, then you move into something which is silicone-based, um, which is going to be for uh, long-lasting sexual play. Mm-hmm. Silicone sits on the skin. It doesn't get absorbed, so it's much more expensive. And it also is great for, it's great for penetration. It's great for women, once again, who have cancer treatment and women who are aging and through menopause um, and for women who really have difficulty with moisture. So lubricant is not just for women because they're not getting lubricated, but, you know, it's fantastic to play with men. It's fantastic to be able to do a hand job for the man with some lubricant. Uh, It adds an incredible velvet, wonderfully rich, wonderful, much enhanced experience. So that's just starting out with lube. I've got lube that cools, that heats up, that tingles, that does everything but vibrate. Just fantastic lubricant. The clitoral clitoral vibes are the most popular because the need for clitoral stimulation. And then you get the vaginal vibes, which are great to be used in combination with the clitoral vibe. They go directly into the vagina. And then we've got the old-fashioned rabbit ones, which are still very popular because they're stimulating both the clitoris and the vagina at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then very popular on the market are anal toys uh, for men and for women. Oh, so and like anal beads, anal vibrators? Exactly. Butt plugs, very popular. Anal dildos. We've got fabulous anal vibrating dildos as well. Uh, those are really great. And it doesn't mean that you are gay. That, you know, please let's move away from the fact that there's anything wrong by being self-identifying as a gay man. Mm. But it just means that, that toys, a lot of people like anal stimulation and men have got a prostate and they like it to be stimulated, which is where the anal toys come into it. So that is great fun. And w- w- women enjoy anal play and anal stimulation as long as you are using a lubricant. And we've got anal lube specifically for that reason, which mm. add comfort and take away any kind of discomfort and pain. So lots to play. Another very favorite toy which I love are the male masturbators. Okay, and what are those? Fleshlights, and we've just got a range of Vulcans in, which are fun. So uh, I like solo play for people. I think people need to play alone, and people need to play next to each other and side by side. Um, this Vulcans are really nice. They're in a bottle. They're similar to Fleshlights, way, way cheaper. Uh, it is, feels like flesh of a vagina or an anus uh, or a mouth and the erect penis gets inserted in with some lube and there you get a full-on experience of just being inside a vagina or an anus or a mouth and those are really nice and I prefer it to people going offline and cheating. Rather use your toys and have some fun that way. And how expensive are these male masturbators, Dr. Eve? You know, the flashlights are just over a thousand grand and the Vulcans are well under a thousand grand. My toy shop, I really spent a lot of time buying a range of budget from budget all the way up to, I mean, my most expensive one is um, over three thousand rand, the womanizer, which is, oh, it's fabulous. You know, start saving that one. What is a womanizer? Oh, wow. You know, it is this, it is a vacuum pump. For the clitoral region. Okay. So, like, you get vacuum pump devices 
for men to pump up their penises so mm-hmm. that they become engorged. Um, this is a vacuum pump for the woman's clitoral region. So it is this very nifty, you hold it in your hand and you just hold it over the clitoral area and it's got this little vacuum pump and it just swells out the clitoral region. And it is completely heavenly. It's absolutely heavenly. That would be my my absolute go-to recommendation for women. So save up for that. It's well worth it to save up to get the, the womanizer. Just fantastic sex joy. Oh, I'll be looking it up, definitely. And I see, I mean, look, you spoke initially about cyber infidelity, and you, you've mentioned infidelity again. Cyber infidelity, that's a very interesting topic. And I think you've, you've got something out, if I'm not mistaken. I saw something online, you know, where you had spoken about this. But just a, just a few a few sentences around what cyber infidelity is and, and your research into it, um, Dr. Eve. Yeah, so um, cyber infidelity is really my my world, um, Cindy. It is a research project that I started three years ago now uh, when Ashley Madison came to South Africa and I started doing research with them. Yeah. It was a new phenomenon for me with women uh, coming into my therapy room and saying that they'd been on the site and they were having a really good time. And I then began to become incredibly curious about it and realize that there was a new experience of attaching that was happening outside of the norm of in real life. Mm-hmm. So I started three years of my life of doing research. Uh, Ashley Madison gave me the database and I uh, administered five different surveys into the database. And I also lived on Ashley Madison as a married man, as a single woman for two years and had the whole experience of understanding what cyber infidelity is all about. Mm. I wrote a book called Cyber Infidelity in the New Seduction, which came out in June of this year, and spoke to Cliff Central around it. It's a really exciting work. Um, cyber infidelity is when two or more people who are in committed relationships get into synchronous or asynchronous conversation with each other. It's always held in secret, and it is violating the traditional vows and values of monogamy, fidelity, and commitment. And I learned, you know, a whole lot of fascinating facts about what the online world is, how it enhances our ability to communicate through what's called the AAA engine. That's mm-hmm. it's equitable, it's accessible, it's anonymous, it just kind of happens. And everyone who has the device in their hands is chatting. Mm. We're all online and we're all vulnerable to moving down that rabbit hole without even knowing that your partner may be thinking whatever you're, you're flirting or chatting about would be considered infidelity. And when they discover it, you know, the enormous amount of pain that they do feel when they discover the online text of your behavior. So it's a fascinating new social phenomenon. And uh, have, have you witnessed couples divorcing after finding out about their partner's online um, you know, shenanigans? Um, divorcing is not really what happens because of, on my, uh, because of the online uh, online cyber infidelity. It may be because there's been such a buildup of other reasons. Oh, I see. Okay. That the cyber infidelity may be the person is committing that because they are wanting very badly to get out of a relationship and don't know how. Oh, I see. Majority right. of people, the majority of people, are committing cyber infidelity unintentionally. It's not the usual. I'm bored or I'm unhappy and I, my wife doesn't understand me and my husband doesn't satisfy me. We're doing cyber infidelity unknowingly, unwittingly, because we have the device and because it's so easy. 
and that's how it all actually happens. So it's a fascinating topic, and I'm, I've just taken it around the world. You know, I've really gone to television in, in New York. I'm busy with a lot of media with New York every day. I'm doing press interviews because yeah. they're so fascinated with this new topic. And I'm um, you know, going to keep talking about it in our country as well. Well, I'll definitely be looking out for the book. I mean, I spend an extraordinary amount of time online. And yes. um, it's interesting when you say that people don't even realize that you know, they, they, they're committing cyber infidelity. That'll, yeah, fa- it should be a very fascinating book. Yeah. And then just on to um, a few other questions, uh, health questions um, um, surrounding um, sex, Dr. Eve. I also get asked a lot about sex during pregnancy. How long? When should you stop? Is it safe? Um, I get a lot of such queries because I deal a lot with pregnant women who are HIV infected. Yeah, um, there is there's a necessary medical reason not to be sexual. There's absolutely no reason why you should not be sexual. Uh, many women find that they are their happiest and horniest when they're pregnant and to the dismay of their partners that all stops once the baby's actually born. That's true. Those first three months are the worst, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I encourage people to be intimate um, in whatever way that may mean for them because of the, the absolute clap that happens once that baby's born. Yeah. And disequilibrium, as we spoke on earlier, that begins to occur. Uh, a lot of men still somehow have this belief that the baby can see them and they're going to get hurt or that they'll hurt the baby, which is nonsense, so we need to do away with those kind of myths. Um, and there is, we have to acknowledge, there is, can be a lack of attraction to the woman who's pregnant. She can have a lack of attraction to herself and not interested in being sexual. But it begins to create a certain difference between couples. The baby immediately is there and bring in difference to the couple. And I really mm. encourage couples to, to, to be very conscious of the intimacy. It's so important to keep that going. And to nurture it. Yeah, because of the devastation that can happen immediately after the birth of a baby. And if you have a solid baseline of intimacy going into birthing of that child, you really stand a much better chance of having a continued sexual relationship afterwards. Yeah, that's so true. And I mean, I like what you said about the sexting and so on. I mean, that's something, I mean, I've been married for 11 years and I can't remember the last, I, like, I'm trying to think, when was the last time I sent my husband like a sexy SMS or something? You know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, we have to, we have to keep, you know, you have to keep these things front of mind or else you just, you just stop doing these things and then, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's such an easy, easy way to be able to communicate. Um, and to keep the, as I call it, the erotic thread going. And mm. it's just no reason why you shouldn't do that. It just is exhausting. Domesticity is boring. It's very difficult to do uh, in within the traditional relationship formats that we have at the moment. Um, just to say as well, my, my work is moving more into looking at contemporary intimacies. Okay. So expanding the notion of relationship, expanding expectation which is what I've learned from cyber infidelity. You know, the only way we're going to survive technology is if we change the rules that we have, the expectations of relationships. Uh, we have to integrate sex tech into our lives, and couples have to talk. We actually have to communicate around mm. what our rules are. But there are other forms of, of relationships that are that are present, that we're living, but we don't talk about them. Yeah. There's polyamory, and we look at um, hookups and friends with benefits and casual sex and new forms of monogamy. People are engaging in, in wanting to have different forms of, of relationship. So mm. conversations are really interesting in my world right now. So I really encourage people to follow me and you really will keep learning about things that, that I'm talking about. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really, I, I definitely will encourage people to follow you, Dr. Eve. And just before we let you go, Dr. Eve, so 
the last thing I always get asked, you know, is celibacy bad for you? You know, you know, how long can someone last without having sex or, you know, abstaining? <laughs> you know, I get asked that a lot. Am I going to get sick? What's going to happen to you? You know, so yeah, just talk us through that. Yeah, that's interesting. Is it because people don't want to be sexual because they don't have opportunity to be sexual that they're concerned? Or is it because from a health perspective, they think they're going to dry up? Well, you know what, from, from, look, with the work that I do with HIV, a lot of times post diagnosis, a lot of people go through yeah. a bit of a slump and, yeah. and they yeah. feel like, you know, first I must, I must deal with this condition. I must deal with a lot of things. I don't want to ha- ever have sex again. And then after a few months, they start getting worried. Is there anything, you know, am I still going to be okay? When I do decide to have sex again, will everything be working again? You know, I, I, like people ask these questions genuinely. Yeah, you know, within that context, I really do understand the anxiety around being sexual and celibacy. Um, nobody's going to fall off the bike and never get back on again. The, so your body will keep working. And with an HIV diagnosis, as you say, you have to take time to get used to that. And then the changes the ARVs bring as well, because they do bring sexual changes mm-hmm. too. Uh, the most difficult part is always the conversation. Uh, how to negotiate using condoms consistently and correctly, how to begin having safer sex. And that changes the way that you that are. That changes everything, exactly. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you don't have to be intimate with each other. Just you know, expanding intimacy, this is what I'm about, is it just expand your view of what intimacy should be. And you're sure to keep um, having fabulous um, sexual relationships. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and, and I like what you say about the, the introduction of, of, of condoms and safer sex because just that alone, for some people, that alone, now that we have to use condoms, that is like a constant reminder of the situation that they're in, you know, with their partner. And Why not female condoms, getting to female condoms, change the vibe completely. Well, you know, I do have female condoms in my practice. And you know what, Dr. Eve, a lot of people don't like them. They say that it's, they're too noisy and there's that squishy sound that they make. And it's, we, look, it's, I think as time goes on, more and more people are going to find them acceptable to use. But uh, it's a bit of a hurdle for some people to, to actually introduce female condoms into the relationship. And um, I, I know we've got some good ones. I've, I've got about three different brands in my practice. And I've tried them. They're not too bad, but they are, they are a bit noisy, I must admit. <laughs> so yeah. if we can work around that, the, that, yeah, the design, if we can get them to be less noisy, I think they'll be more acceptable. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen very soon. Maybe somebody's working on it right now, Cindy. But, yeah, that it is. it's a great pity because it's such a wonderful solution to having a different form of sexual pleasure mm. and women taking responsibility, you know, all those nice things that we do know. So, yeah, I wish that it would, I wish that it would change that way. Yeah, but uh, thank you so much for, for, for joining us, Dr. Even. I think just uh, yeah, closing statements from you. Where can we find you, first of all? Like, where can we find you on Twitter, Facebook, online? Where can we find you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's hard to miss me. Um, I hope it's hard to miss me as my team's not doing a good job. <laughs> Twitter, yes. I'm there all the time. I love Twitter. So please get me on Twitter, Dr. Eve, at underscore Dr. Eve. And my Facebook page, please get onto my Facebook, my Dr. Eve Facebook page. That's the one place that I am daily. Okay. Even though I have a team that manages all the content is mine. And I really check in and go into the conversations and the very provocative conversations. And I would love your listeners to be part of that, to okay. contribute and to learn and to become educated. And that's just and Dr. Eve, D-R. R-E-V-E. Yeah. Dr. Yeah, Dr. Eve, uh, and from there you can go everywhere. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Eve. It was really 
um, yeah, great pleasure for me, a great honor for me to have you on my show. And, um, yeah, and I look forward to trying my Evermiles, um, sexual enhancement Do that. product. Do that. And then you'll fill in the survey with us as well and give us your feedback on it. We really appreciate to know what your experience has been. And I really encourage listeners to use this. This is a budget, budget, wonderfully affordable product for women. Go and get it as a woman. Go and buy it. Go in the pharmacies. Get online in my store. Just go and get it and try it out and let us know what you think about it. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. E. Okay, sweet. Thank you. Lovely chatting okay, with you. Bye-bye. Bye. Health Hour on cliffcentral.com.